If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew 22. We're doing a series, uh, Thy Will Be Done on Earth as It Is in Heaven. And we're going to a wedding today. Um, this is what I wear when I go to a wedding. Um, I want you to know, though, what I wore before and I'm wearing now is both inappropriate and unacceptable to the wedding that we're going to look at today. So uh, if you have your Bibles, what I want to do here is just we're going to go through the scriptures here, and I'm going to just kind of make comment as we read about this parable that Jesus is telling us about a specific wedding in this specific kingdom. Everybody have Matthew 22? Starting with verse 1. Jesus spake to them again in parables. Now again, if you remember, we've been doing a whole series on Jesus talking to the Pharisees at the temple and others that were there in parables to try to teach them what God wants us to know about himself and his son. And it says this, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Kind of similar with all the other parables that we have, there's a message being given and, and the people are rebellion. Then he sent some more servants and said, tell those who have been invited that I've prepared my dinner, my oxen and fattened cattle, have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. At this wedding, you don't have to bring a thing. It is all provided for us. It's the kind of weddings I like to go to. How many enjoy going to weddings? One of the things I do at a wedding for Luane and I, as I see these young people beginning a journey into love and bliss, It reminds me of just the gratefulness I have for God and the love that he's given our marriage. And we kind of recommit our marriage in those aspects. It's a wonderful time for us to do it. A wedding is a magnificent, wonderful time of happiness. The only other time I wear this suit is at a funeral. That's not a happy time. Um, Most of the time, it's hard to even know what to say at a funeral, trying to help someone... um, go through the deep sorrow that they have. But a wedding, man, that's joyful. Free food, you know, all you can eat. I love it. So in the setting for this, God is is telling us, as the kingdom is like a wedding, it's joyful, it's wonderful, and you're invited to come. Verse 5, here's the second time they refuse but they paid no attention and went off. One to his field, another to his business. You know, we can have all the excuses we want to not go to a royal invitation. But whatever they are, they're pretty lame. If, if the king invited us to a wedding, wouldn't that be special? And everything is provided for us? But in God's kingdom and the invitation that he gives out, 
We all have excuses. Too busy, too much to do. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and even killed them. Does this sound like uh, another story that George had last week? Um, and again, I'm going to give you a little um, insight here. Most of you can kind of make the, the symbolism parallel that God's getting after. Jesus is wanting us to understand. The servants were killed. The king, verse 7, was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I have invited are not, do not deserve to come. Go out to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. This is a place where we can even just recognize history and what's happening here. Again, Jesus is with the Pharisees in the temple talking to the Jewish people. And he's giving them a reflection of an incredibly sad history of the Jewish people, his people, God's chosen people. And you think about the patience and love that God has right at this moment is incredible. In our Advent series, if you remember, Steve talked when we were in Matthew 1 about from Abraham to David was 14 generations. From David to the exile of Babylon, another 14 generations. From Babylon to Jesus' birth, another 14 generations. That Jesus, that God the Father and the Holy Spirit are calling his people to themselves. And they say, for the most part, no. Too busy. I got other things to do. I don't want what you have. It reminded me in this point when, when, the, when the king was outraged and said, I'm going to burn their city, that Jesus, and all the commentaries agreed with this, Jesus was foretelling of the burning of Jerusalem in 70 AD. It was destroyed completely. And as you and I who know the New Testament, and we read Romans and other passages, it is now the time of the Gentiles. And John, chapter 1, verse 11 and 12, just jumped out when he was studying. He came unto his own, it says, but his own received him not. So go out and tell everyone, but as many as receive him. To them he gives the right or the privilege or the power to become his sons and daughters. What a moment in history this is. What a sad moment that the Jewish people re rejected their Messiah. And that's what we have here. So God the Father, the King, says, go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. Verse 10. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, go into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go, give out the message to everyone, one and all. And then it says, both good and bad. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. This good and bad is, a, is an interesting uh, two words that I, I looked up. It's not 
these guys who are doing everything right, who are good, and, and the bad people, you would think, well, they're the ones who really need God. Now, basically what he's saying here is, is the bad here is not only are they people who do evil, but they're people in need. They're poverty. They're, they're stricken. They need healing. And, and the good people is kind of the idea that, well, they think they're righteous, but they need God as well. And I think um, that's why I kind of dressed up the way I did, giving announcements and, and how I am now. Um, some people who, who are in rags think they're unworthy to come to God. That's not true. Those of us, like the Pharisees, who dress up very nice, we think we don't need to come. We have our own righteousness. God is saying both need to come. So let's finish the story, and then I want to make some application to this and connect the dots. Verse 11. But when the king came in to see the guest, he noticed a man there that was not wearing wedding clothes. Friend, he asked, how did you get in here without wearing clothes? The man was speechless. Obviously, God is telling us here there is appropriate clothing or dress for the wedding. And this guy thought he could come dressed any way he wants and was speechless when the king approached him. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are invited but few are chosen. I want to just go to a passage in Revelation that is a pretty powerful, wonderful, encouraging passage. And Jeremy, if you could put this up there. This is after God has all done his work. Revelation 7, 9. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. We're at the point now that Jesus tells this story that we want to connect the dots. And what, what is this saying here? What is his purpose in telling even us as a people? There is a wedding banquet that has been set forth. It's the kingdom of God. You are invited, but you need to understand that God and God alone has provided everything for this wedding feast. We're talking about entrance into the kingdom of God here. There is no other event in history in your life and in my life that's more important than this. You have been invited to enter into the kingdom of God. But 
you need to understand. You cannot come in in the way you are, whether you're dressed in rags or whether you're dressed up as the Pharisees did. The Bible tells us all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. We miss the mark. There is none that do good, no, not one. None is righteous. So, if we want to go to this grand banquet, we need to understand what God is saying. And we talked about it today. We sang about it. There is no other name given under heaven whereby you must be saved. So I want to take just a few moments and talk to those of us who are here today that may have never even understood this or heard it before or have never made that decision of what it means to be invited to the kingdom of God and to be able to enter in where God the Father accepts you. Jeremy, if you could put up the cross. Jeremy was skilled enough to find this and put these two things together. We love to look at this life as a journey. It really depicts um, for us an understanding of what it is. The Bible tells us this is not our home. We're not citizens of this earth. God has something for his children far better. So I want to talk to those of you who are not his children of what it really means. Then I want to talk to you who are his children, sons and daughters after that. But this is critical. We, depicting the mountains and the beauty and the grandeur of heaven, we want to head to heaven. But God specifically says no man can get there on his own. Cannot do it. No way. God has written down laws and standards for us to be able to understand what it takes to be able to enter into heaven. Perfection. How many here have reached it or is close to it? Yeah. Nor I. As a matter of fact, the more I spend time with Jesus and his word, the more I see the ugliness of my own heart. So I need to understand and you here today need to understand. If you believe there's a heaven and hell, you don't have to believe. I believe it with every fervor in my being. If you believe there's a heaven, the only way that we can approach or be allowed into heaven is through the cross. That's what we believe here at Hope. That's what most of us here believe down to the very depths of our being. And you need to ask yourself, have I ever come to the place where I've recognized I'm a sinner? I fall short of God's standards. And I'm beginning to understand more and more that God has provided a way for me to be clothed properly. The Bible says it this way, I'm clothed with the righteousness of God in Jesus. Jesus, the one human being 
of all time who has led a perfect life was willing to take on the curse of a cross. That's what that was in the Roman times. It was a curse. Even back to the very beginning of Genesis, God said, the person who sins will be cursed. And you and I are cursed, each one of us here for eternity. Except for the fact Jesus paid the price for your sin and my sin. Now, I can't, I can't say this any other way. There is no other way to enter into heaven. And if you're hearing this message and you refuse to believe that, as the man who was improperly dressed at the wedding was, you will be at the judgment seat of Christ, will not be able to stand righteous, but will be condemned for eternity and cast and separated from God forever into the lake of fire. That's a, that's a powerful message that we want so deep in our hearts for everyone who has never came to receive this free gift of Jesus to understand. And we can do this so easily today because it's, God says it this way in Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It is by grace you are saved through faith. Not by works, lest any of us should boast. It is the work of God. So then, if God is stirring your heart today, you come to the cross, not a piece of wood that's being shown on a screen, but recognize in history there was a time when the Son of God was hung on a cross for your sins and mine, and you come. You don't have to bow down, but you could come and kneel within your heart and say, I want to be part of this banquet. I want to receive this gracious gift of this invitation that God has given to me. And you can confess your sins. The Bible says for us to enter into heaven, we who are going away from God or away from his provision, the cross, can repent to turn around in, in, a, in a picture way. Um, wherever you're going, wherever you're living today, if you have rejected that, you haven't repented yet. But God is saying, repent, come to the one place where you can be forgiven of everything. It's not how bad you are, not how good you are. We all need God's forgiveness, and it is, has been provided through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. You do that through prayer. You do that through faith, asking God, I want to stand on Christ and Christ alone, what he did for me. Just tell that to God. We want you, we are so serious about this, we want you today to see one of the elders or myself or any other person in this body that you respect and that you know as a believer to seek them out and say, maybe it's, I don't quite understand it, but I, 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 I'm beginning to believe and I, I want this gift of God.
God will not cast you aside. He will receive you if you come to him. Jeremy, put that verse up. I love this verse in Matthew eleven twenty-eight. It says this. Come to me. This is Jesus talking. All who are weary and burdened. Is life too much for you to bear? Come to Jesus and I will give you rest. I will give you a salvation. I will give you a peace that no other person can give you. My peace is like nothing you've ever experienced. The next verse says this. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. We come to Jesus. We come to the foot of the cross and we say, I want you, Jesus. For Jesus is gentle and humble in heart. If you and I do that, and I've done that, and I've experienced all that God says it is, you will find rest for your souls. Come today. Um, there is nothing more essential in life than your salvation. And it has been provided, all of it, for God and His Son. Pray, brothers and sisters, as God works on somebody's heart today, if they're, if they're wrestling with that, that they will make that decision. But next I want to talk to you guys. If you could put the cross back up, Jeremy. I can remember the day I came to the cross and I knew I needed salvation because my parents took me to church. It's, it's a wonderful story, a, a wonderful heritage that I went to a church that taught the scriptures and I knew I needed a savior. So I accepted Christ. I recognized what he did on the cross, paid for all my sins. But then as I came, I began to take steps of understanding what this kingdom is about, what this banquet is about. We've been touching on it through the series with Jeff and, and recently George with what we can produce, the fruit that we can produce in our lives. Um, if you remember the sermon Jeff talked about, are you a fan? Are you a follower? When we enter the kingdom of God, it is unbelievable what you and I have in Christ. We can cast all our cares and burdens on him because he cares for us. We have been given everything we need for life and godliness. We have been given riches out of the abundant storehouse that all my needs will be taken care of. God takes care of the sparrow. Aren't you and I much greater and more important than a sparrow is? Yes. So not only do we want to understand for those who have never come to the cross what has been given to you, but for those of us who have, are we in a place where we forget what we've been given. That's why we're going to take communion today. This is a great reminder that God has done imaginable things for us. Unbelievable. The problem is you and I either we don't always believe it or we get too busy to obtain it. But I, because of the cross of Christ, step into his kingdom and the, the, the one thing that I can I can have right off the bat is relationship with the living God. I can get to know 
God personally. He loves for me to get to know him. I haven't quite gotten that yet, but I'm getting it. Spending time with Jesus, walking through his mind as I go through the pages of scripture, shows me his love, his patience. It is unbelievable. You could give testimonies as that as well. But my encouragement to you is, there's so much more. Don't stop. Even you young people, don't just think it's something you're learning and your parents are teaching you. Find out for yourself today, tomorrow, this coming year, what Jesus is all about, what he has for us. John 10.10, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life, not death, without the cross, that's what we have. But not only life, but you could have it more abundant. What Jesus offers us is incredible. We have to ask ourselves, why don't I go after it? What's going on in my heart? So what we want to do is just try to encourage you as we do this journey together. There's so much more. God can take away all our fears. We fear, right? But do you believe the scripture teaches us that we can have the place where we don't fear anymore? How many, how many believe that? All right? Love cast out fear. I can live a life that's fearless, so I want to go after it. How about worry? How many believe we don't have to be anxious for anything in the kingdom? Okay, lots of hands. That's ours. We can have that in abundance because we are trusting in the one who knows everything and has control over everything. We sang it today. The sovereign one who died for us controls everything, controls this election coming up. God's man will be put in office, whether he's an evil king or a righteous king. Because God's working all his purposes out for our good. For the sake of the church, God is working this out. And God will accomplish it from revelations. He will see to it from the beginning of time to the time he comes back that he will not lose one of his own. He's in a search for his children. And you and I get to play a beautiful role in that. We get to be able to be proclaimers of the gospel that God uses in people's lives all over the world, whether it's the missionaries that we support here or the community that we're trying to reach out to or like we always say, where you live, where you work, where you play. We have opportunities to be people of the gospel where our feet are shotted with the good news. It happens all the time. We talked about it a little bit in our our Saturday morning Bible study, where we can have opportunities every day to be able to share God's word. I shared the story of we just had new neighbors come in. So we just got a chance to meet them just in about two minutes. But we're already praying and asking God, how can we minister? How can we live out our lives that they may have the opportunity to hear how good you are? 
We're praying about that. That's an opportunity that we can have. So then, as we come to communion, this again is a reminder that I believe we need on a daily basis, says Hebrews. So Jesus said, as often as you come and are reminded of my body and blood that was shed for you, I want you to think about me. And boy, that's a vast study. That's a lifetime. I'm learning about Jesus all the time, and it will never end, and I can always learn more. So I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward. If you have not received Jesus Christ as your Savior by faith, if you don't, under, un, if you don't understand or even believe this story about the wedding banquet, then let the elements go by. It's okay. God gives us a warning for those who are not in Christ to partake of this meal. It's pretty important, and it's okay not to do that. But if you, a believer in Jesus Christ, resting fully on the work that he has done, have done that, then let's participate. Let's rejoice in the fact that our Savior died for us and continually sits on the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us, pleading our case before the Father. Father, forgive him. He's under my blood. I've been forgiven for everything. How marvelous that is. So we're going to pass out the elements. We're going to pass out the bread first. You just hold that in your hand until you get the cup, and we're going to participate together. Just use this time as a worship time, as a gratitude time, as a wonderful time to understand and remind yourself all that Jesus did. We're going to participate in a banquet that's going to be marvelous. This is just a token. This is just a reminder, and we can rejoice in that.